Welcome to the Mum Safe Movement podcast. I'm your host, Jen Dugard. I'm so excited that you're here and now part of this very important movement for change in the way mums are looked after in the fitness industry. In 2020, 4.35 million women used our gyms and fitness facilities in comparison to 3.5 million men. Further to this, in 2016, the ABS reported that 77% of women over the age of 15 in Australia would become mothers. This is 3.35 million mothers or 42.7% of a personal trainer's potential clientele. Yet our fitness certificates don't teach us enough and mums themselves receive very little, if any, education about how to move safely and effectively. I am here to change that. This podcast is an accumulation of over 16 years in the fitness industry, a decade working face-to-face with mums themselves and teaching thousands of trainers in my Safe Return to Exercise certification. And most recently, bringing mums and trainers together around the MumSafe brand. This podcast is the next step into raising our voices and bringing mums and the trainers that work with them into the arena to achieve our mission of safe and effective exercise for women at every stage of motherhood. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Mum Safe Movement podcast. I'm your host, Jen Dugard, and this is the second episode in our Focus on You series here on the podcast. This is where we're diving into the journeys of some of our Mum Safe trainers. Today, I'm talking to Louise of Strong Mums Gosford. Louise began what would be an 11-year career in clinical and research psychology in the UK. She then moved to Australia and became a mum for the first time in 2015. With a growing family came a shift in priorities and the desire for a career change to better suit her family's lifestyle. In 2017, Strong Mums was launched and Louise gained her Safe Return to Exercise certification. She became a mum safe trainer and also became a pregnancy and postnatal corrective exercise specialist. Since the launch of Strong Mums, she's helped hundreds of women safely strengthen their body and return to the exercise and movement that they love. Over the years of working with mums, Louise listened to many of the women that she was working with say that they needed to lose weight and return to their pre baby body shape and size. She observed the pressure they were under to meet certain aesthetic expectations and saw how the postnatal body with its stretch marks, cellulite, body fat and rolls was not represented in mainstream media. She was also observing how the fitness industry continued to do a disservice to women by directly associating weight loss, low BMI and more with health, happiness and confidence. Louise then merged her skills in mental health with her passion for pregnancy and postnatal movement by creating the Body Resilient Mum Project. This is an online course which provides mums with education and practical skills commonly used in behaviour therapies to overcome feelings of shame, insecurity and unfamiliarity with their postnatal body. She's the host of the Body Resilient Mum Project podcast. You can find that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Louise strongly advocates for believing that you are more than your body. And I'm incredibly excited to bring this podcast and insight into Louise's journey from where she was to where she is now to you today on the Mum Safe Movement podcast. Let's jump in. Hey team, it's Jen here. And before we get started with today's podcast, I wanted to share something with you that I am so excited about. I've gone back to my bootcamp days and I've put together an immersive and empowering three-day bootcamp designed specifically for fitness professionals who work with mums. Now, I understand the unique challenges you face in balancing your professional aspirations with the demands of motherhood and life. And I'm here to provide you with the tools and knowledge you need to succeed. Join me on the 8th, 9th and 10th of November from 1230 till 1.30 daylight saving time for what I will know will be an absolutely awesome three days. So if you're an exercise professional passionate about helping mums achieve their fitness goals, 
and you're looking to make a mark in the fitness industry, you need to be part of this bootcamp experience. You can head to gendoguide.com forward slash bootcamp to grab your spot. And best of all, it's completely free. I look forward to seeing you there. Louise, welcome to the Mum Safe Movement podcast. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I am good. Although I say I'm good and it's like that how are you? And I was just sharing with you that I'm, I'm kind of running on that tight, tight rope or the I'm at capacity. Um, and somehow I keep trying to add more things, but then I'm also writing all these things about time management at the moment and going, I need to take a bit of my own fucking advice right now, which I will. And I also know that this period will come to an end. So yeah. Sounds very familiar. Lou, before we get going, like dive right in, let's do a word, a win and a working on. So share those with us. So my word, very rare I get to say this, but I feel in control. I know. (laughs) Um, My win is I have one spot left until I'm (gasps) so the entire rest of the year which is very exciting um it's a lot of power behind that getting to say that absolutely um, one is my round three of my online course the body resilient mom project so it's leading up to that and doing all the exciting fun stuff around that so are you um you're putting the kind of launch together and and doing all that kind of thing your emails and what are some of the key things that you're doing at the moment so writing a campaign calendar around that where i can plan out um, what emails need to be sent out, a lead magnet that is on the top of my to-do list. I want to build up that mailing list um, and offer something kind of for free as well. Mm. So I'm brand new. I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but it all feels very new still, this online space. Um, so I'm still kind of like promoting my stuff and saying, hey, I know about this. Look at me, look at me. So I'm just trying to offer some free advice and offer that knowledge out hence yep. the lead magnet so kind of everything around that and then having that date of doors are open try and sell 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 follow up follow up follow up yeah <laughs> and what date are the doors opening <laughs> what was what, that what date are the doors opening oh god jen i don't what know what did you commit to <laughs> we did this <laughs> hey <laughs> my list <laughs> oh okay so the, we're just waiting for the date um, yeah, I need to set everything out. It is it is in the diary. Okay, just, is it 2023 yeah. or 2024? I'm sure yeah. it's 2020. Yeah, cool. And we'll talk about that a little bit more because it's an exciting thing that you're up to and people might want to find out more. I hope so. Cool. So let's go right back to the beginning. Um, let's find out a little bit about your story. You can hear, well, I can hear by your accent that you clearly did not grow up in Australia. Um at some point you came here, you started in the fitness industry. I know you had a career before that. Give us the rundown. So um, my background is psychology. Um, I've got an undergrad and a master's in psychology from the UK. And then I worked in various mental health settings and universities um, for about 11 years before coming to Australia. Me and my husband, we, we met at university, so we're both English. Um, it's a really weird situation, actually. So weird, unique situation. Um, my mum, my dad, my three younger brothers, they all moved out to Australia before I did, about 10 years before. I stayed in the UK, built up that career, um, and then me and my husband got married, and then we came out here. Um, worked in psychology for a little bit at St Vincent's in Sydney, which was so that would much be full on. Would be full on a good learning experience. <laughs> it was great. I mean, it was my first job in Australia as well, so I was getting my head around like, what is this super? What do you what do you want this with me for? And so it was all like brand new. Um, but yeah, it was just a really good way to meet new people and like just just start work. Um, and then I had a baby, and everything changed. So just when I was kind of finding my feet, and you know, I'd probably been there about three years ish. Um, it all kind of happened at the same time. Funding for the project came to an end because I was working on online CB cognitive behavioral therapy courses um, for child anxiety and depression. Um, funding was coming into an end. I was possibly thinking of doing something else. Then found out we were pregnant. It's like, oh, things are going to change like, really quickly. So had my baby, um, had 10 months of maternity leave, which was amazing. 
And then nobody tells you how hard it is to return to work after your maternity leave. I feel like there's there's no information on how to deal with it, how to leave your baby, you know, that these feelings of guilt are all normal. There was none of that. So I went back to work. She went to daycare. She hated it. I hated dropping her off. She cried. She literally cried the whole way to daycare. Drop her off. She cried at daycare. And then I'd run run off because I ran to work. So I'd run off and then I'd pick her up after work and she was still crying. Oh, my goodness. Sure, there were points in the day where she wasn't, but that's... But that's, that's heartbreaking. Well, it is. It's heartbreaking. Um, and at the end of it all, I was left with about $100. So I was paying for daycare. I was working part-time and I went back to a job that I thought I enjoyed but didn't enjoy anymore because my priorities had changed. And then I got $100 left. It's like, this sucks. $100 heartache <laughs> money, which is really not worth it. No, it was, it was awful. Um, so then the opportunity to move up to the Central Coast came along. So Hubby got offered a job um, on the Central Coast. And I could have either looked for another job in psychology or it was like, or do we retrain? Like I'd kind of talked about it, not not too seriously, but We've talked about it before. It's like I could do fitness because I've always been into fitness. My background is gymnastics. And so like, oh, I could retrain. And then the opportunity came up. I was like, we could really, like I could actually really do it. Um, so I did. <laughs> um, and so because I was working part-time in my spare time. Spare time. Um, so much spare time. Um, so I did the course. Um, it was all online. And then got a PT qualification, and it was like at the door, at the virtual door. There you so go. Yeah. Run your own business. <laughs> I love the just like the the laugh. That's pretty much, <laughs> pretty much it. And at the time, I thought, wow, that was a really good course. I've learned so much. I could train anyone. Like we covered all all areas. This was eight. Eight years ago, eight and a half years ago, um, and I was like, I know, I know everything. Like, I'll just learn on the job, and I will target all audiences, all walks of life, all people, young people, mums. Um, and it's not until I started working with mums, I was like, mm. holy shit, I know nothing. <laughs> like, these questions were coming at me. It's like, I don't know. We didn't cover that in the course. In fact, looking back on it. I don't think we covered anything about pregnancy mm. or postpartum period in that um, training. Anyway, so it was then, it's like, I need to learn a little bit more. So I did a very basic course um, when Millie was really little um, and started working with more mums, but still kind of spreading my spreading my net as far as possible and trying to get as many people as possible. So not only was I unsure of how to answer questions from mums and how to really look after them postpartum and during pregnancy, but I also had no idea how to run a business. Like, it was stressful. Like, I was kind of finding my feet, not making any money, spending so much admin time on all the stupid little bits like a website and all these bits that I had no clue about. Um, and I was at the point of going, I'm going to pack this in. Like I would cry. I would cry most nights because I didn't know what I was doing. And it was like, I'm trying so hard. Surely if I put in all these hours, it has to pay off. But I think that was the logic. It's like, I'm working so hard. Something has to come of this. And every now and then, like my husband would go, are you sure you want to do this? Which like, he's looking out for me going like, it's okay if it's too hard you can you can go and get a job so I'm like you have no confidence in me <laughs> like, there was no there was no win-win situation like, like oh I don't know what to do I was ready to quit and um and then found out I was pregnant with my second baby which was a massive surprise because I was 18 weeks pregnant not like a little bit oh my but, goodness yeah so I did not I just thought I was bloated I'm like oh I feel a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> Just a bit. About hmm. 18 weeks pregnant with my second. Um, and, you you know, went for that first scan thinking they'd say eight or ten. I was like, oh, 18, right, okay. I've got Shoot. a funny story. Can I tell you a funny story just yeah. to interject? So yeah. we used to run, um, I think I might have told you this before, but I'll tell everyone. We used to run workshops with 
Joe with our physio for the mums that trained at Body Beyond Baby. And I had a, a one-on-one client who came along to the, the thing and we're doing we're doing real-time ultrasound and everyone's showing them their pelvic floor, showing them their TA. And prior to this, I'd had all this backwards and forwards with this mum saying, I just can't, like my stomach just is so, like feels so big all the time and I just can't, no matter what I do, it's not, nothing's changing. And I was like, oh, okay, like what else could be going on anyway? So Joe's doing the pelvic floor scan and she like flicks it up and she's like, are you pregnant? And she's like, no. And she's like, are you sure? <laughs> and she flipped the, like the RTU up and you, she was pregnant and she was 18 weeks pregnant and that's what triggered it. And she had a baby like under one or under 18 months. So she not only did, did she find out she was pregnant in front of this room of people, um, but she already had a tiny baby. Anyway, I just had to tell that story because it's like, holy fuck, people just don't know sometimes. And yeah. No, I was, I was on the pill. And so my periods like that regular anyway, they'd be really light. And then I kept, I carried on having a period. So I had no indication. I didn't feel sick. I didn't feel more tired than usual. So there was no indication until I did miss one I was like that's a bit odd and I'm feeling a bit off now like 18 weeks I was like oh um and then yeah he turned he was early so he turned up at 27 weeks so he was probably me I had like nine weeks of being nine week pregnancy yeah um so that obviously put business on the back burner to the point where I was like I don't care because I was ready to quit anyway so my focus is now all on my family and just getting through this um we spent three months I think 109 days in the NICU Mm. so he was in there for 109 days we that was in North Shore we were living in Gosford on the central coast so we were like backwards and forwards for that amount of time um but we did get to spend lots and lots of time in the NICU. And you talk to all the other mums in there and, you know, we're learning about, we, I was learning about their story, you know, sitting around expressing all these vacuums on our boobs, <laughs> expressing milk, and we just used to scooch our chairs around and all have a little chat to each other. Um, and ev- almost everyone had some sort of traumatic birth experience, mm-hmm. whether whether they would see it as traumatic or not, on paper, you'd say it was traumatic. And for some women, that meant emergency C-sections. For other women, it was a very fast delivery. And so baby was in the NICU for some reason. Um, but what I found is that women talking to me about, or, you know, we're sharing stories. Um, no one had any information on how to move afterwards. And not necessarily, here's how you get back to the gym, but this is how you get up out of a chair. Like you've just had abdominal surgery. It might have been an emergency. Do you know you shouldn't drive? Do you know you shouldn't pick up your little one a week after surgery or something? You know, like my daughter was two and a half and she she was big. Um, so there's none of that until you're discharged. But because a lot of women were in there and they were not well, you weren't discharged until about two or three weeks after delivery. So you don't get that information until three weeks on down the line. But in the meantime, in that first three weeks, you're just kind of like just moving however you can. And, you know, those um, NICU chairs are really deep because you lie back and you have your baby on your chest for so long. So then you're like getting up and trying to use those abdominal muscles to get up. So there's no guidance around that at all. Um, For me, I had HELP syndrome. So there's a lot going on with my liver. And my kidneys as well. So I do realize that the women's health physio was on the bottom of that priority list, but there was none of it was on offer. So there was none of that help. And the same with the other women in there as well. There's none of that guidance and that help that would have been useful to just do the basic stuff, even poo. Like, you know, like here's how you can relax your pelvic floor after this traumatic experience. Um, or here's how to just relax in this time of stress, like it's really stressful. Here's how you can try and relax your pelvic floor after that trauma. Um, So then on the other side of this crazy journey, we got back and I thought about going back into business. I was like, this is where I want to go now. I'm not going to throw my net as wide as possible. I'm going to work with mums and I'm going to help mums to either return to exercise and get back to the exercise that they love or just move safely after c-section vaginal birth through pregnancy whatever it is and then at that point it's like 
I need to learn more. I need to learn so much more because I didn't know the answers. Um, and I wanted to be that person that had the answers for them because I've been in that situation and I didn't know how to move or, you know, how to, how to pick up a toddler safely. Um, so I presume that other mums were also in that situation and I wanted to be that go-to person. And then you just popped into my world. <laughs> Where, how did that happen? Well, I think you already, I think. And yeah. then, um, yeah. Just, right just was hanging right. out. Right time, right place. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Awesome. So then you would have signed up for Safe Return to Exercise first, right? Mm-hmm. And that was back when we were doing it face-to-face. It was. It was so good. Yeah, so good. Um, I think the doors were open. The I think the mum safe doors were open and I was like, can I get in? Like, I really want to be part of this. And you're like, oh, I'd like you to do safe return to exercise. The next course is here. I was literally like, take my money. I'll pay for it now. Can I get in? And then can I do safe return to exercise? <laughs> I think because I'd seen, I'd followed a few other people's like Mags and Buggy, Buggy Bootcamp. I was like, that that is exactly where I want to be. So, you mm-hmm. know, you see the people in your field, you're like, I want to know what they know. I want to do what they do. You are the person to get me there. And I was, and I was so sure. I was like, this is definitely, you know, you get a feeling sometimes about stuff. Yeah. Like, this is definitely where I want to go. So, yeah, so I think I joined Mum Safe with the, promise that I do safe return to exercise um and I did I was like this is so good like this is that was everything that I needed to know and then just being part of like Border Beyond Baby back then but now mum safe all the stuff that follows like the consistent education mm-hmm. it all changes doesn't it like how, when did I do safe return to exercise Six. I remember sitting in the have a drink with you afterwards yeah it was yeah yeah it was a long um, time well, yeah it was a few years ago now yeah about five yeah. years ago and you think about the research that's gone into like um training women with diastasis that's changed heaps in mm. five years so the beautiful thing that I love about mum safe is that we get to keep up with that like yeah you in the loop it's not like your training has an expiry date so safe return to exercise might have been five years ago for me, but I know that the education that I get now is mm. like so up to date. And what, um, from a business perspective, like what were you, what were you, what were you struggling with? Because obviously you'd given it a go first, or what did you want to do? It, what did you mm-hmm. want to do different that made you um, <sighs> find some support? Mm. oh so many things so many levels I guess firstly financially Mm -hmm. I was making close to nothing um you know like $200 I'm not sniffing at $200 $200 but when you have to pay for a website and I don't know a license fee for training outdoors like that $200 does not cover it so for me it wasn't enough um, so financially I wanted to make more money. I wanted to know how to get clients, like where do these clients come from? How do you how do you tell people this is what you're doing and this is what you know and you can help them? Like I had no idea. Um and then the continuous education as well. It's like, well, I want to keep learning, like mm-hmm. I want to know more. I can do this course, which is amazing, but then I want that support around me and that continuous education and then yeah of course the support as well because it's lonely in business I reckon that's what I felt the strongest at the point where I was ready to give up and um find out I was pregnant again it was so lonely like it's like who else is going through this and where are they and how do I talk to these people and how can they help me and you just don't know where to turn when you're on your own it's so hard it is, and that everyone's like, it's like that even new motherhood, right? New business, new motherhood, like whatever it is, you're sitting there, you're going through this thing, maybe you're crying and you're like, I'm literally on my own. And I, the experience for you in that moment is that nobody else is going through yeah. the same experience. Yeah. And the reality is lots of people are. And mm-hmm. as a new mom, you've got to find your tribe. And as a new business owner, you've got to do the same. 
or you think yeah. that everyone else has got their shit together. You're like, yes, everyone that. Else knows what they're doing. Everyone else's baby is sleeping through. Everyone else is making more money than me. Like, yeah. what is it me? And I think both motherhood and business, they're two, it's, it's the, the two things that we willingly show the highlight reel right? We show the baby sleeping or we show the beautiful baby photos and we show when we've got it all together. And then with the business, we show the, you know, we make it look like what's like, I remember my dad saying to me so many times, oh, your business is doing amazing. Like I watch it on Facebook and I'm like, dude, you're no fucking idea. Like you're watching on Facebook. Why don't you come and ask me? Like it's supposed to look good on Facebook. Um, but let's have a conversation about that. And we, we all need our tribe of people that just go, it's really not that good. Or it's really not that easy um yeah. yeah I get that a lot actually people will say how are you it looks like business is going so well you're like Ugh. it's like and you know what business is probably going really well and in comparison to where you were and other people that are watching yes it's going yeah. well but there's all the other shit no matter what level you are at business going on that you yeah. need to be able to talk about and you need safe spaces and people to kind of outlet that yeah. too yeah and we talk about balance so much don't we it's like well what is balance in your mm. business and life and we feel like it should be everything should be here and it's everything not like that all the time things are up here and other things are down here but it all kind of switches and I think that's when people say like oh you're doing so well it looks like you're doing so well that's when you're going no because I know I've like I've dropped the plate on here I've you know I've let this drop and but then when you're around other business professionals, like in the MomSafe team, you realise everyone's doing that and that's yeah. normal. And what's down here, you'll pick up again in a few weeks or something. So I guess on that, like what does balance mean to you? Like how do you, if you, if you, what, what I just heard you say is we can't live and I completely agree with you, there is no such thing as a work-life balance yeah, or yeah. any kind of fucking balance. So mm -hmm. what, what to you means that you're in balance? Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's knowing what's a priority either for that week or that fortnight or that month, you know, whatever period it is, knowing what's the priority and making sure that those needs are met. And that might not always be business. Like it might be, there might be something in the family going on, in which case business might have to slow down a little bit. Um, and then other times it might be like, okay, so I'm going to fill these spots for my classes. That's my priority. And maybe my online course kind of takes a back seat for a little bit. So it's just, I think it's giving myself permission to go, it's okay to drop the ball on that one while I do this. And then something else gets my love and attention and mm. just, just having that permission to go. And that's okay. And that's how do you, yeah. How do you, um, Give yourself permission to do that when you feel like your business is a priority over your family. I don't know if, like, sometimes it has to take pro. Mm, I don't know, does it? I feel like a bad mum now I say that. No, don't, because, I mean, I've got my own answer, but I'm interested in your answer. <laughs> um, I think sometimes it does when I know that the family stuff is going okay. Um. It's always changing, though. I don't think there's any hard and fast rule, is that Like, it's mm. all very fluid. And what you might feel is a time when you should be giving your business some more attention and you're like, you'd want to get your head down. Maybe some sort of disaster happens with the kids and that doesn't get to happen. And so just allowing yourself to change or your priorities to change slightly and be fluid and come back to things. That's really important for me. I feel like I've lost sight of the question. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> no, that's okay. And I think um, just to give some context around, um, I think what you articulated there, articulated, sometimes I can't speak, um, was really good. And it allowing, giving yourself permission for what needs to be important right now to be important and for that to kind of go up and down. And there are going to be times in your business, depending on where you are in your campaign calendar, that you know energetically that you are leaning into the business. Mm -hmm. I think um, for me, I know that I have periods of time where like now I'm like, I'm trying to get everything done before the 29th of November and my sister arrives. Mm -hmm. But what I know is if I can hold this level of stuff for the next four weeks, mm -hmm. I've cleared my plate aside from like one or two, like a mastermind session or something else. December is black. Yeah. Like, 
for me, balance is understanding my cycles, understanding Mm. that I can't hold everything at the same time and knowing that I've got a holiday to Noosa booked and we've got family coming and we've got a holiday to Perth booked. Mm. And it's more, I think that if I was living in this state forever, like I honestly feel like my heart rate is high. Mm. Um, you know, I, there's no real room for, error it's like I remember back in body beyond baby days when I'd be racing from one place to another it's like if I get a red light I'm late and that's how I feel like my world is a little bit now but I also get to balance that with it's only for four weeks but if that was for 24 weeks I'd be a fucking mess it's kind of like um like if you were to do a really hard workout at your gym a gym yeah And it's that cardio sprint. You know you can do it for a short period of time. Like this is like your business cardio. Like you Mm. can do it for a short period of time. You know that you're not going to do it for two hours straight without burning out and dying. So, yeah, kind of the same. Like I think as long as you've got that in your head that, yes, I'm going to go hard. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, I might lose out on a bit of sleep. But for the next two weeks, four weeks, whatever, you know that there's an end to it. Yeah. Whereas at the beginning of my business, so before I knew what I was doing, <laughs> makes me so <laughs> like, well, yeah. None of us know what we're doing at all ever, really. We're just making shit up as we go along. Before I was beginning, <laughs> like when I first it was that pace all the time, yeah. but I wasn't getting anywhere. So for me, it was just like, just go hard and fast and try and do everything, take everything on. But I didn't have that end point. It was just all I could see in the in the future was, well, this is it. This is what running a business is like. So I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to give up. Like, I can't do this anymore. So on that, then what were the key things that shifted when you started doing business a different way? Or what were the key things you either implemented or you can take that in any direction you like? So many directions. Um, Having a financial goal was a big one. And then going, okay, well, how are you going to get there? Because you could have, you know, I could say, well, I want to earn more money. It's like, well, how much more? Like, what's a goal and how are you going to get there? So how many clients do you need for that? What are you going to charge them? And then once that's kind of laid out, it's like, oh, okay. So to get to this financial goal, I need to get so many clients. And that means so many groups. And that means so many hours of work. And then everything could kind of fall into place from there. Um. My time as well, knowing like getting someone like you to say, you do not have to work until midnight every night. (laughs) It's like you should not be working until midnight every night. And just being smart as well with my time. It's like, okay, do you know how to build a website? No. So you find someone who does or you find like a, I don't know, Squarespace or Kajabi now or whatever. And it's like, so you don't have to do these things yourself because it is a massive strain on my time and I I don't think I valued my time before either it was just I just thought if I pump my energy and time into stuff things will happen and that is not how it works is it so now I like value my time and I know what my time is worth I can be more precious with it and so yeah so being able to outsource or be smarter with what I spend time on was a massive game changer what else? Well, I feel like there's so many things. I don't actually know where to start. Um, numbers. Oh, my gosh, Jen, knowing my numbers. Like, I just feel like when you don't know them, you're just going into it blind, which kind of, I've already kind of talked about it financially anyway. But if you know what your maximum capacity is and how many groups you're going to run each week, like, that's where you're going. Like, that is, like, the a major part of your business plan. And that's kind of how I went from I'm burnt out, I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to make more money to, oh, okay, so I'm here and I'm going to get to here. Like, And it, it just kind of cleared up so much more space instead of it being all fluffy and fuzzy in my head and going, I want to make more money, but I don't know how much more and I don't know how mm. and I don't know how many people I want. Like that stresses me out just thinking about it. Um, yeah, so... Those three, so financially, yep. kind of knowing where I wanted to get to, knowing how to get there, so knowing my numbers, and then being precious with my time. I like that, precious with your time. It's good. Mm. So, Lou, before you said, 
I wanted to become known as the go-to person. And to be completely honest, I would say you are the go-to person now in your area. Like there's an absolute fuckload of trainers. Sorry for my language, but um, on the central coast and in that area that are now specializing in working with mums. And I really do feel like you're the OG kind of person that elevated that in that area. So if you think back to, okay, you know your numbers, you know where you want to go, you know how many bums on seats you need, what were some of the key actions that you did right at the beginning, like the first two or three things to start to put in place um, that profile of yours or I'm going to become the go-to trainer for mums? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, A lot of the time it's not just about throwing yourself out there and going, hey, mums, this is me, I know everything, It's about, <laughs> which I thought that's what it would be. It's just like telling your audience what you do and that you know it all because it's actually... Telling them. <laughs> telling. Coming to me. Yeah. It was collaborations with other allied health mm. professionals. Um, so I wanted to make sure that the mums I worked with were well looked after. And when you do safe return to exercise um, and join the mum safe team, you realise how important it is to work with women's health physios. You know, like I met up with a few and told them what I was doing, but I also wanted to learn from them. So I fully went in going, this is what I've done. This is the course I've done. This is the membership I'm part of, but I'd still like to learn more from you. And that was like a massive kind of like, opening into their world because I think so many women's health physios were then like yeah like I'd like you to learn more too rather than me going to them and saying I've got this like mm-hmm. send your lady to me because I've I've done this qualification and I know this I kind of went in and went I'd like to learn more from you so could we you know could I send some people to you and you send some people to me but I'd really like to know along the way like what you're doing and why um and I've still got those I was going to say friendships. They are friendships. Like they we are. get on well with a lot of the women's health physios. Yeah. Um, but pretty much all those relationships I've still got. Um, and, you know, I'm collecting them as, as I go on. Good. Um, <laughs> it's just making new relationships with people. Um, and then other people as well, like dietitians, podiatrists, um, other people like that, just kind of like putting your name out there saying, this is what I do, but without saying, and I know, and I know mm. it. Like I want to learn from you, and I would like to send my ladies to you to make sure that they're well looked after. And in return, could you recommend me, please? And it's just that I think it's that two way trust mm. and communication and working together. Um, and then outside of that, cafes, cafes. <laughs> Because mums need their coffee and there are so many mums walking around because it's we're just on the waterfront and there's some beautiful little cafes along there and so just going in showing my face saying hi I've got some leaflets could I leave them with you and now I go in and because we know each other um, I get through a lot of coffee as well you know I can walk in without going I'm really sorry could I could I give you some leaflets and it's like hey how are you can I give you the and it's just so easy and chatty and and I actually get a lot of referrals from the cafe. From the coffee shop. I love it. Yeah, because the, the one of the guys who's in the local coffee shop, he'll see the mums and he'll, and he'll like have a chat to them and say, you know, there's like a mums fitness group down there. And yeah, which is awesome. We should um, put the, what's the cafe? Tommy's. Tommy's Cafe. Let's make sure we um, <laughs> put Tommy's Cafe in the show notes because... Is his name Tommy? Is the dude Tommy that recommends? Okay. So the the manager, what's his name? Naaman. Naaman, who's referred, like he is an advocate for mum's mm. health and fitness. And that's amazing. And that's what we need in our communities. Yeah. And when you create a relationship like that, it's it's such a win-win. Like they're going into the co- the coffee shop and, you know, yeah. getting their coffee. They're getting in contact with you. And I imagine you're also sending people that comes to train with you to the coffee shop mm-hmm. all the time yeah. we'll, we'll have our little socials there sometimes as well and but I think I brought that up because it my point is it doesn't have to be women's health mm. I mean, they, they should that should be your basis of you know who you're learning from and who who you're sending your clients to if you're working with mums but also going outside the box and going yeah. so they're not even in the health and fitness industry but you can kind of see how it all ties in as this community yeah um 
Another thing I did, so as well as like building those relationships with people, was to put on my big girl pants and actually talk to some mums in the park. Like, just go up and strike up a conversation. I remember when it used to feel so scary. And I was trying to think of why the other day. I was like, why was this so scary for me? And I think it's the idea of rejection. Mm. People would go, no, thank you. It's like, does that matter? (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, I feel like you're leafly. Like, I think that's fine. Um, so over the years, just kind of going along and, you know, having a bit of chat with some mums, a lot of the time I'll take my phone with me and open up notes on my phone. And once we start talking, I'll be like, oh, would you like me to send you some more information? Like I can refer some women's health physios to you or maybe I could email you about my class times. And a lot of the times mums will share their phone number and their email with me. So I have that on my phone. And then I've got like another contact. So when it's time to start groups again, like I get in touch with those mums and say, you know, like we were chatting in the park. How are you? Just to let you know, trials are starting soon. Um, but yeah, there was a point where it was terrifying <laughs> to just go up to random people who I didn't know, give them a leaflet and start talking. It's fine now. I think people, <laughs> I think the mums see me because I'm there so often and they, and they try not to make eye contact. <laughs> I think every single mum safe trainer who comes into the group and we're like, go give some flyers out. They're like, what? Like, <laughs> I, I can't do that. And you, it's like this huge fear of rejection. And then over time, every single person kind of says, it's really, because there's only three things that ha- can happen, right? Number one is they say, no, thank you. And you go, no. okay, cool. Number two is they take the flyer and you don't have a conversation. And number three is they, you take the flyer and you create a connection, yep. which is gold mm. and you know Lou the thing that stood out for me in all of those three things it's um relationship building yeah really really um solid relationship building in your community and not only trying to bring people to you but creating relationships that have a um a mutual benefit mm. yeah yeah and being part of that community as well, rather than just being there yeah. and being seen. It's like, no, no, like I can put you in touch with this person. And, you know, you could go get coffee over there. And, you know, have you seen the walk around there? It's beautiful. You could go take your pram. And just kind of, yeah, building that community, even if mm. you're not going to keep in touch with these yeah. women. Yep. Okay. So you've launched your group training business. You're running some, are you running some PT at the same time? I'm doing personal training as well, yes. Yep, cool. And how long did it take you to kind of get to that oversubscribed, sold out kind of point? Can you remember? And I know it goes up and down depending on like seasons and things like that, but the goal of being, can you remember the first time you were oversubscribed? Three years ago and it was coming up to, it was either coming up to Christmas or just after Christmas. So it's that that busy time of the summer. And it was, yeah, it's like, Oh, I could actually like this is doable. Like mm. I could I could do this. When you get to about, you know, seven, seven more spots, and you're like, this might actually happen. Like I could actually do it. And then as long as like you've been sensible with your time as well, it's not like, oh, I'm gonna run two classes a day and I'm gonna work seven days a week. So that's like seven million people, spots to fill. <laughs> or however you know, however many. As long as like you know like that you've set a realistic mm. target. Um yeah, so it got to that point. I was like, oh, I might be able to do this. And then, yeah, when I sold that last spot, it's like, I did it. <laughs> and then you put the big sold out sticker on your Instagram or, yeah. And, and for me, that was really powerful because then you're, the people who see either your EDMs or your posts or, you know, wherever you're saying sold out, which is everywhere, um, like, oh, well, that's in demand. So mm. I should either put my name down on the wait list or next time you say doors are open, it's like I missed out last time, so I'm going to register this time. Or just shows people like how popular your classes are and maybe they hover around. Like I've had so many people like just hovering in the background. I recognize their name. They've interacted a few times. It'll be two years before they've worked with me. Um. And it's like, and then one day it's mm. like, oh, you joined. That's great. Yeah. So it might not be instant, but if you think over the years or over the course of a year, if you've been able to say I've sold, you know, sold out 
sold out, sold out. It's actually really powerful. Yeah. Social proof. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got sold out sessions, we're running PT, we're running groups. Um, the beauty of sold out sessions means that you've now got this chunk of time when you're running and delivering those sessions to think about the growth of your business. So what, why, where did you go next? I think this is maybe why I've I picked in control as my word. So I like, I'm nearly sold out and that has now given me the mental space to now think about the next thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of the time you feel like you're chasing your tail a bit. You're like, I'm still trying to do that, but I'm still trying to move on to the next thing. Um, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm the same. Um, so you've sold out your sessions and now you've got this chunk of time. And I know that you've got other products and services in your offering. So what did you launch next? You launched, was that your membership or where did you go next? Well, I think it was PT after that because I remember when I used to say, I I don't like doing PT. I'm not going to offer PT. And then we went into COVID and the only way you could do anything you could do was PT. Yeah, (laughs) PT. I was like, I really like this. Why didn't I do it before? So then that was PT. And then after that, it was the online membership, the online training membership. Yep. Um, do you want me to go into that? Or Yeah, give us a two to three minute kind of rundown on what that looks well, like. This is like where the gold of the MumSafe membership comes in because there's myself and two other trainers. They're up in Queensland, so we're nowhere near each other. But because we're MumSafe trainers, we know each other. We know we're all qualified. We trust each other. And so we each of us had our own individual memberships. So I would run three groups, three classes that were online a week, and I think they did the same. And then we got together. We were like, well, can my clients come to yours and yours can come to mine? And, and if we offer all of our sessions, then we can offer our clients nine classes, but we only have to run three. Mm-hmm. So business is very separate. So my money is my money. Their money is theirs. Um, but we share kind of the workload between us and it works really well. So we get to offer a whole week of classes but only have to run three of them whilst keeping financially independent. So that was the next thing that was set up and that's kind of been building as well. Um, And then recently it's been the Body Resilient Mum Project, which is kind of like where I am going now. Yeah, Mm. so tell us... um... So I remember when we we started talking about what's kind of next and we talked about, you know, what's your superpower and it's for you it was, and correct me if I'm wrong or, you know, we've evolved since then, but you've got this background of being a psychologist alongside being a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. So it's like how how can you start to bring those skills into something and you birthed the Body Resilient Mum project. Um Tell us what the mission behind the Body Resilient Mum project is. So the mission is to help mums feel confident in the skin that they're in. And that is without focusing on what they look like. So rather than saying, I can help you lose weight and feel confident, or I can help you get rid of your cellulite to make you feel confident. It's like, no, 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 your body is not the problem. Let's change the way that you think about your body. Let's work around mindset. Let's look at the environment that you're in and how that is affecting your body image and why you feel that you have to reach these certain beauty standards. You know, where is that pressure coming from? So there's kind of like lots of different elements to it. Um, And a lot of it comes down to being able to show self-compassion to yourself. I think a lot of the time we think if we're doing self-improvement, if we're trying to lose weight, if we're trying to shrink our waist if we're trying to get rid of the cellulite and the rolls and the stretch marks that is self-improvement but it doesn't come from a place Mm -hmm. of compassion it comes from a place of I should or these are the standards to which I'm holding myself to and I don't like the way my body is so I'm going to try to get there so it's kind of about rewiring that whole thing and going if you were self-compassionate if you could show that self-compassion and understand why we feel under pressure to get to those standards, you could, you know, you could change your mindset about the whole thing and actually see that those standards are unrealistic, that you can be healthy and fit without having to lose weight, without shrinking your body. Um, And you actually don't need to look a certain way to to be happy and confident. Mm -hmm. I think it's 
taking the messy middle out and going, you are here, you want to get here. Let's not go through this dark, horrible, horny forest of trying to change the way that you look. Let's go the self-compassionate route and realize that the way that you look isn't going to affect your confidence and your happiness. Mm. It's that um, where are you finding your self-worth and mm. can, yeah. you, can you value yourself without trying to change yourself? Mm-hmm. And then once you find that space, you can change yourself if you want to, but it's where that's kind of coming from, yeah. right? Yeah, it's the why. Yeah. The why behind yeah. it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what is the business goal behind the Body Resilient Mum project? So the business goal, it feels really big now I think about it, and it's probably not, but that's what I thought about Strong Mums to start mm. with. Like sold out is a really big business goal but it's achievable. Um, So the business goal is to match my financial. So I know what I make in a year per term, you know, for strong mums. I want to be able to match that with my online course. So I want to be able to match what I earn for strong mums with the Body Resilient Mum Project. Mm -hmm. Further on down the track, I don't know if I should say this. (laughs) (laughs) No time frame on it. So suddenly all my clients leave. I'm like, oh, I'm going. I know what you're going to say, but it gives you, why don't we frame it around? You've got options. Yeah. Yeah. So I might have options to sell the business or to change it. Who knows? But having that financial backing there that is like, okay, so I can make that same amount of money doing this. Where is that going to go now? Yeah. And you can either keep doing what you're doing and have double the money Mm -hmm. or make choices around selling your group training business or... Mm -hmm. Um, reducing the hours or upping your yeah. prices or like so many, it just gives you choice, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it could be that I do one small group training session a week or just do PTs or, yeah, but giving me that flexibility and freedom because what mm. I said to you is that I love what I do but I can't see myself doing it in the next five or For, ten years. So yeah. making those changes now and trying to get to that financial stability where I am now but in something else that's yeah I think this is really important and a lot of people are so like we've got to be focused on the now because we've got to implement what is happening right now but also when you run your own business it's like there's no no one's giving you a retirement plan no one's paying you out a chunk of money at the end of when you don't (laughs) want to do what you're doing anymore so it's up to us to whilst we're building what we're building from the ground up to also be projecting forwards and laying foundations for what future you might want to do. And you're mm. definitely doing that at the moment. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Which is awesome. It's very exciting. <laughs> exciting. It's a bit scary as well, but then I think it should. Like of I course. think new things should feel a little bit scary. Yeah. Otherwise you're not thinking about it enough. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you've got to be leveling up, right? Like if it's not scary, are you leveling up enough? Yeah. Are you pushing yourself out of your comfort zone? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Lou, what has been some of the most hardest things in business for you, let's say in the last 12 months? Definitely planning my time. So now I've almost, it feels like I've got two businesses now. Mm. I'm trying to not fine, not keep that balance, but kind of almost switching between the two, knowing when to pump energy and time into one thing and then switching to the other. Sometimes I get so focused on one thing, I totally forget about the other thing that I'm doing. So yeah, finding that time to do both um, has actually been really, really hard. Um, Sometimes I feel like, (laughs) it sounds so basic, but sometimes I feel like social media can be really hard. And it doesn't sound, I mean, it sounds like quite a small, a small little thing, but when people are on it so much, you kind of know how powerful it is. And sometimes I feel like, I don't know what I'm doing with it. And everyone else's posts are so much better. And that can feel really hard. Um, And then, hmm. yeah, that's a tough one. I think, I think that first one is Mm. the main for me. It's knowing when to pump energy into one thing and then switch to the other without feeling like I'm failing at one. Yeah. Time's interesting, isn't it? And I've just put the boot camp together for the next open. 
Mm. And I made day one about time and I was like, maybe time's not sexy enough. Um, but then it's like if we all underestimate the value of knowing how to manage your time to actually get mm. shit done because I don't know about you, but I've definitely had moments of going, I want to do all these things. Mm. Well, it, you just have to articulate it. When do I spend time here and when do I spend time here and how do I pick my kids up and how do I cook the dinner and how do I do all of these things? So on a bad day, you just do fucking nothing because or you jump from 1,200 different things and you don't even know the thing you did beforehand because you got distracted by something else and every single one of them needs to get done but nothing has a priority and you don't really know what direction it's all taking you in. So Summed up the majority of my days there. <laughs> But you have a strategy, right? And you have a plan. Yeah. So imagine doing it without, and I have the same thing. I'm like, fuck, 12 things. Like, but I also know, go back to the systems and the process and the way I know what to do and how to do it. And when I'm overwhelmed, it's like, I literally have a list of those five action points and that is it. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. And we're all there, but I do think we underestimate and I don't care if time's not sexy. Hopefully people go, fuck, if I, if I mastered my time, I would get more shit done. Hmm. I think if you if you did a poll to ask people like what is one of the hardest things in business at the moment and if you're I mean the majority of people who you work with are probably mums because they're interested in training mums that just seems to be what happens um I think it would be time like I do not have time for this like I don't have time for doing that I don't have time for doing that but I know I need to do it I think that's what most of us would say. Yeah. It's funny because what, what, what we're attracted to is things like more people coming into the business and more success and more, you know, followers on social media. And it's like, yeah, that's all good, but how are you going to look after those people anyway if you don't have your shit together with your time? So yeah. let's find that. Um, Lou, what would you say to somebody who is just getting started in the kind of mum space mm -hmm. and – they don't feel like they've got any fucking time to get it like they, but, but what I know about those people that want to get started is their passion is so strong that they know that they want to do it, but they're kind of like sitting on the fence. Either they don't feel like they've got enough time or they're a bit um, worried about their confidence or something like that. What would your, you know, one or two key pieces of advice be for that person? I would say number one is don't think that everyone else knows what they're doing and has got their shit together because they don't. Either they're struggling with the same things as you, but you don't see it, or they're struggling with something else. Um, nobody has got their shit together. It's it's everyone's kind of going through their own thing. So it's don't get put off because you think that everyone else is doing it and you can't do it. Mm. That's absolutely not how it is that's how I used to see it. it's like but everyone's so good and I'm not it's not it's not like that at all um and with the time I think it's being realistic it's like we've we've mm. said you cannot do everything you cannot do everything at the same time so what are the things like where where are you and where do you want to get to and try to be specific as possible so if that's financial it's like okay so you're here and you want to get to this financial goal or maybe it's to run three classes with 10 people in it per week it's like okay so you're here and you want to get to here so plan it out and then figure out you know how are you going to get there and then what are the priorities what are the the top three like you said you have a list of five things to do I, i'd say i i think i need three any more than three and i'm like oh i can't do it so what are those three things that you need to do to get that done and if you can't do it where are you going to get the help <laughs> and then my third piece of advice would be surround yourself with people who are like-minded and who are doing mm. the same thing and you know for me that's the mom safe team because you just learn so much from people like sometimes even if you haven't got a question to ask and you just need a rant like you can pop it in the group and you'll get advice or sympathy or you know like everyone just in your corner um and it's just what you need sometimes just to keep you going because you, you you have a lot of self-doubt when you work on your own and as a woman which we shouldn't but we do um because of it's a whole new podcast isn't it <laughs> um yeah so just to kind of help you work through that self-doubt and time management mm -hmm. and everything Everything, everything. So that's my third piece. I love it. Nice. <laughs>
I'm like, I told you not to say that, but like you didn't know to say it. She said, "Do not say that." Oh, anyway, it's it's um. I really believe in. I want to say storytelling, but not just storytelling, experience sharing, mm-hmm. because I think you hit the nail on the head, like in saying that people feel like they're alone and mm-hmm. people get scared to jump into something new or they worried about a financial commitment or something like that. And it's, it's, we gain our confidence from learning others' journeys and knowing that they were where we are now. Yeah. And that if we follow a similar path or the same path, or at least take some steps Mm. Um, to overcome whatever that fear is that's holding you back, then, um, yeah, it's really, really helpful. And to have that yeah. confidence in getting it wrong as well. Yeah. If you don't get it right first time. Like I've, yeah, I've made so many mistakes and, yeah. and you learn from it. And then so not only do you have the confidence to give it a go and fail and learn from that, you hear about other people failing and learn from that and just going, mm. all right, yeah, we'll give this bash. I got one one more question before we start to wrap it up. Like when you were in that position in the early days and you had no money to invest in something, mm-hmm. what how how did you overcome that? Because a lot of people will what holds them back is they're like, oh, I don't I don't know if I can invest. You know, we've talked about time, but financially mm-hmm. in support when I'm not earning any money. Hmm. I think I'm trying to think back. Um, I am really lucky. Like I'm very, I'm in a very privileged situation where my husband would have helped me out at the Mm. time. Like his money was my money, my money, not that I had much was his. And so I had that to fall back on. Now, if I was a single mum, I think the situation would have been very, very different if it was just me who Mm. I was relying on to pay for rent, to pay for everything else. Um, So I was very lucky that it was like I had that support. Um, But I think it was knowing, just having that one thing that I was going to go, so this is what I'm putting my money on. And it was either, you know, the safe return to exercise course or looking at different financial avenues as well. It's like, okay, so I know I want to spend my money on I don't know, this piece of equipment or mm. or this piece of marketing, I'm just going to ask, can I pay for this in installments or is there another way that I can pay for this? So sometimes just asking, going, I'm new to business, would this be a thing that I could do? Because, um, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. Or mm. if you don't ask, it's 100% a no. But if you ask, it's 50% a no, 50% a yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I think the, there's two conversations that come up for me around what, what you've just talked about. So one was an episode that I did, or we did on the Mum Save Movement podcast a while ago now with Mel Brown, and she's a financial expert. I don't like the word expert, but you know, specialist, whatever. She very much articulated that it's not just his money and it's not just your money and you've had a baby and you've got to figure Mm -hmm. out the best investment for the money that is coming into the household and some and sometimes Mm -hmm. that is investing in something that is not yet come to fruition um and the other Mm -hmm. one was the conversation with amanda comerford and she is a single Mm -hmm. mom and she was just like i was at a point where this had to work so i was willing to put my money my time my energy on the line so that i could build something that would help me to look after my children Mm. Um, and everyone's got their own journey and and you know there's so much respect to the decisions that go on for each individual person Mm. Um, and we as women should get to back ourselves when we believe in what we're getting done yeah yeah 100 percent. and a lot of the time asking we're asking i'm just gonna ask my husband fuck that (laughs) so for me did he ask you last time he bought a fucking case of beer? I don't know. Where did that come from? Like, and how much are you not getting paid for staying at home with the kids exactly? Like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Lou, if people have loved what you've been talking about, where can they find Strong Mums? Where can they find the Body Resilient Mum Project? I was like, shit, checking it, make sure I got it right. You got it right. That's good. <laughs> Spot on. I keep saying the wrong word, but anyway. <laughs> Um, so you can find me on Instagram, Strong Mums Gosford, mm-hmm. and same for Facebook, and that's my Facebook handle too. Um, and Body Resilient Mum Project, here we go, is at 
body underscore resilient underscore mum underscore project. Cool. And you'll have doors open for Body Resilient Mum Project this side of Christmas. So if people want to jump on that or find out more, they can go (laughs) jump on the wait list. And you've got like one spot left for strong mums. So people just need to hurry up. Go fill it. Someone go train with Lou for the next. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I've got a lady coming. Amazing. So exciting. Um, Lou, I want to say a massive thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to work alongside you. I'm so glad that our paths crossed. And I also know that you're such a um, a shining light for a lot of our other mum safe trainers, like people that are maybe not quite as far along their journey as you are um, and people, other people that are like you are watching me, watching you from a distance that may not be part of the mum safe team as yet. Um, but, yeah, thank you for creating space and time I know that the kids came home an hour ago for you yeah (laughs) they've been pretty quiet I heard a little bit of whistling and a little bit of something else but I think they've been amazing um and like we talk about spending time like I am really grateful for the the fact that you've chosen to spend time chatting to me and sharing your journey with other people thank you it's been an absolute pleasure amazing (laughs) all right Lou I will let you go thank you so much I'll talk to you soon welcome bye bye Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Mum Safe Movement podcast. Before I let you go, I wanted to remind you about my very exciting three-day event that I have coming up in November. I've designed an immersive and empowering three-day boot camp, especially for exercise professionals who work with mums. Now, I truly understand the unique challenges that we all face in balancing our professional aspirations with the demands of motherhood. And I'm here to help you and to provide you with the tools and knowledge that you need to succeed in this space whilst balancing it all. Join me on the 8th, 9th and 10th of November from 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. daylight saving time for what I'm excited will be an awesome three days. So if you're a fitness professional passionate about making a difference for mums in the industry and you want to make a difference in your own life, you need to be part of this bootcamp experience. You can head to gendugard.com forward slash bootcamp to grab your spot completely for free. Thank you so much for being with us today. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure to have one more conversation that takes us closer to our goal of safe and effective exercise for all women at every stage of motherhood. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, make sure you hit follow wherever you listen to your podcasts, rate and review so more people can join us next time. And if you particularly loved this episode, please do share it on your socials and make sure to tag me. For further information about anything we've talked about, head to gendugard.com. And if you want to connect with me in person, head over to my Instagram at gendugard. And if you want to join the mission and become a MumSafe trainer, make sure you join the wait list for the next time doors open to welcome new MumSafe trainers into our tribe. Thank you for your voice in this space. Have a beautiful day.